the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. This is your player projections episode for week 15 of the NFL. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And on this show, we're going to run through our top players at each position, discuss players who are especially high and low on this week. And of course, we'll throw out a player prop for each position as well. Joining me, the top ranker in the industry right now, been for a long time, odds maker, Sean Kerner, fresh off the convince me sweep. What's going on, Sean? Yeah, what's up? Uh, let's hope I could hold down the Fantasy Pros for, for now. We'll see after this week. Uh, had a good week, but it was sandwiched between a bad beat on Thursday night and a bad beat last night. So it's kind of oh, bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, Dontavian. Like when, yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me of when I was pissed off. We were hanging out after the Super Bowl. I went like 11 and one of my bets, but I lost to T Higgins MVP. I wanted <laughs> us to both win that. We both had wicks last night. Um, you know, love overthrew him on a few targets. I think he could have easily cleared it. And then he left the game with an ankle injury. So that was a disaster. Uh, feel like that number is way too low, but hopefully it gets better. And hopefully he'll be back next week. Yeah. I, I was kind of my week. I probably, I probably mushed you because my weekend props was just a bunch of those just like could not get one to drop uh you know sides did fine but props it was just like every prop I took it seemed like something stupid happened (laughs) yeah Uh, I think I think my like partner in crime has changed because last year I know you and I when we were on the same prop they went like they might have lost like once uh this year it's when me and Simon are on the same side for prime time because we usually disagree so like Every time we've been on the same side, it's just crushed. Like we were on the Cowboys right. uh, this week on, on Sunday night. Boom. No sweat. So that uh my, probably my fault. But uh yeah, I'm just no, I'm I... just pissed at like all of all of these good receivers and, and players keep getting hurt. Like Stroud is hurt, Don Tate, like all the guys we love just keep going down. Nico got hurt too. The Texans Nico, oh, yeah, man. are just dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Yeah, yeah the whole league is like that. Not Trevor Lawrence though. He's good. He's good. Oh yeah, he's fine. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh we'll get into uh we'll talk through all this stuff. Uh you know, pretty get it gets kind of crazy this time of year with the injuries. Certain teams are more motivated than others. Uh everyone's kind of banged up, but uh, we'll start a quarterback where uh we have a I think a pretty pretty standard uh week here. Who you got in the top five? I don't know. I have I have a pretty spicy guy in my top five. Okay. Uh, but I, I have Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and then Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, I got Purdy in my top five too. So oh, okay. I, I can't even say that's spicy because, I mean, well, Mahomes is kind of that fringe top five at this yeah. point, especially against the Patriots yeah. where you just don't know exactly how that like, game is going to unfold. It could go so many ways. You know the Patriots' offense is a wild card. Will they will they force the Chiefs to have to throw? Will Mahomes just like use the game to try to get right with the receipt? Like there's just so many question marks that. Yeah, I mean obviously you're starting Mahomes, but it's it's been it's been up and down for Mahomes this year, mainly because his yeah. receivers. I mean Kadarius Tony, bro. We talked about this dude in the preseason. <laughs> I feel like every pod I was on, I was like Kadarius Tony, Jameson Williams. These are the two dudes like. It's going to be problems, and he's like the Chiefs probably wish. I mean, they got the Super Bowl. He like giveth and he taketh away, but he sure is take a thing away this year. Starting yeah, I mean, that one too. Uh, that was the ultimate Kadarius Tony experience. I mean, that was an absolutely amazing touchdown. Yeah, um, but due to you know not looking back at the ref, uh, it was his fault. It didn't count, but uh, still, like he's very talented, but he always gets into trouble, uh, and that doesn't help anybody in fantasy. 
Yeah, it's not helping the Chiefs in reality uh, either, which is then right. therefore not helping people in fantasy because it seems like like everyone in this uh, preseason, we were all trying to figure out, you know, which Chiefs receiver, which Chiefs, let's just, let's just stock up on Chiefs. They're all cheap. Um, you know, I think we both like Rasheed Rice and as, as a lot of people did, which is working out. But I mean, besides that, it's been, yeah, it's been, um, it's been, it's been ugly. How how would that have been scored? So Kelsey would have had like a thirty yard catch there, uh, and then Tony so it'd be would have one of those had things where it would be like a, a zero zero receptions, but you get the yards. Yeah, so he would have had yep. what? It would have been no catch for twenty yards and a touchdown, yes, something like so that. If he yeah, had like his reception prop, which is probably one and a half. No, I think Tony. Sorry, I think Tony would get the zero for three yeah. yards. So Kelsey would oh. get a catch because Kelsey caught it, and then he yeah, who gets those twenty yards after the lateral? That would Tony, be Tony gets zero receptions for twenty yards. I believe exactly. That's don't what I'm quote saying. me on that, but it's yeah. one of the two gets zero. Gets like a. It's almost like a fumble. It's like you get you you can't you can't get uh, a catch for it, but you could get. It's almost the opposite of and that, the fumble. You can't get yards. For, yeah, that for would a catch. That, you could get yards, but you just can't get the reception twice. Yeah, and that would really boost his yards per reception too, right? Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, uh, it's well. I it didn't have. I gotta though, say, so. look. Who who's gonna have the stones to not rank Travis Kelsey tight end one this week? Who is it? I mean, I don't. Who would you place ahead of him? No, I don't. Uh, really. Yeah, that's that's a fair question. <laughs> that's um, the, that herein lies the problem with tight end, uh, which yeah, we'll get to. Uh, maybe Kittle or or McBride. Uh, but you know, their their uh, Chiefs are playing the Patriots. I would imagine yeah. they're gonna try to scheme him out. I'm just saying for the fans pros contest, it's been very easy all year. Everybody just ranks Kelsey number one, but. I think this week uh, would be the time to, you know, roll the dice on somebody else. Really? I, I mean, I don't – the Patriots don't really intimidate me anymore. I mean, like, this is this is not the same Patriots that – like, they're good defense, yes, but, you know, I don't – I just – it's more so, like, you just don't know what to expect from their offense. It's more of a game script issue, I think, than – but, like, I, I'm not afraid they're just going to, like, hold them to, like – two catches for eight yards like yeah. <laughs> the way they in like their prime right a number one receiver and he's not a, he's not a wide receiver you know he's gonna he could they could do different things with him and it's Andy Reid so yeah I, yeah. I think you just gotta roll with Kelsey but I mean obviously, that's like, obviously and there's obviously. so many more difficult decisions to make this weekend <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly right Travis Kelsey or is this a foreshadow are you gonna be on the under uh every year around this time oh. I feel like you're on a Kelsey under Oh no uh, no I <laughs> no I have completely given up on that I already made that one of my rules um, okay just, just don't bet him I'm not going to bet his over uh, but I'm certainly not betting his under. Speaking of overs, who are you high in at quarterback this week? Um, so assuming Geno Smith is held out again this week, I really like Drew Locke. Um, so right now he's my QB fourteen uh, against the Eagles. So I think he could be in the streamer discussion, uh, you know, just all, all things considered. He has one of the best wide receiver trios in the game. He's facing a pass funnel defense. This will likely be a pass-heavy game script. And he has, you know, sneaky rushing upside. So um, this is a spot where, you know, if, if you're like an underdog and you want to go for like a potential high ceiling play, I think Drew Locke is your guy. Um, so he's the only guy I noticed that I was considerably higher on, obviously, because some people are probably projecting Geno Smith back, uh, but I'm pretty much in line consensus. But just locks the guy. I think it's worth talking about where um, if you're in a pinch, he could be a great streamer play this week. Uh, obviously, we'll have to wait and see later in the week if he does get the start. Yeah, I mean, you're you're like the injury whisperer. I feel like every time you mention somebody, uh, they get hurt. Like uh, you gave me a Taysom Hill prop for tight end last week. He doesn't play. I feel like at well, least one of uh, at least one of your uh, uh, lineup DFS lineup picks oh, usually that we do. <laughs> I don't think I had one. There. I think I crushed yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, week. You've yeah. Been, you, it's been better lately, and, but <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think Taysom's in. Well, to be fair, we talked about a hundred players last week, and everybody yeah. in the NFL is getting hurt. So I'm gonna yeah. land on somebody. But I think the Taysom Hill injury was a you know sneaky play for the under in that game. Um, but yeah, like I don't even think he was hurt heading into the week. But either way, uh, I hope I'm not you know in any way getting anybody hurt here but uh i think they're they're <laughs> trying to be i think they're trying to be cautious with geno smith and honestly at this point i don't think there's that much of a drop off between either quarterback right now um so i'm thinking i'm leaning towards them playing drew lock but it's so early who the hell knows 
Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Seahawks, for anybody that doesn't know, is Pete Carroll is, like, the most misleading, unintentionally misleading <laughs> coach when it comes to injuries. Some coaches, like, you know, Belichick, they'll just kind of deflect on purpose to, you yeah. know, for, for gamesmanship. But Pete Carroll, you can ask him about any injury <laughs> if it's before game time. And he'll have just this super optimistic, like, you know, he's bouncing around out there. He'll be ready to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, the guy's a game time decision and he's, and he's out. Uh, so, you know, the only thing is Seattle really needs this game. I mean, they, every game at this point uh, they need. So I, I would think if Gino can, can do anything, he would be, yeah. uh, he would give it a go. I mean, he played through, what was it? A short week elbow injury against the Niners uh, a couple of Thursday, Thursdays ago. So, I would expect it, but I agree with you that I don't think there's a massive drop off. And that's partly because Gino hasn't played as well yeah. this year until that Dallas game. Oh, go figure. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Thursday night, go figure. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, we'll, uh, We'll have a breakdown for the Monday Night Game in our Night Shift podcast on the Fantasy Flex channel uh, later in the week. But, yeah, that Philly pass defense is just flat-out bad. So whatever quarterback yeah. goes for Seattle, I think, is yep. in play. Like, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I am high on Matthew Stafford this week. He's my QB7. And I might end up QB6. He's right there. Uh, but he's going up against this Washington Commander's defense that despite the Broncos giving up 70 to the Dolphins earlier this year I mean there's some bad defenses in the league no pass defense is ranked below the commanders in DV in pass defense DVOA this year they're down to 32 you know they fired Jack Del Rio a couple games ago but there's just not a lot of talent there and you know some of the younger guys that they have uh picked in the draft haven't really panned out so I like Matthew Stafford, who low-key, I mean, not low-key, but Matthew Stafford is on a tear right now. So the last two weeks, Matthew Stafford just shredded the top two pass defenses in the league by DVOA in back-to-back weeks. Two weeks ago, Cleveland number one, 279 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And then last week, Baltimore, the number two pass defense, 294 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Game before that, uh, he faced Arizona, which is bad, but four touchdowns and only one pick in that game with 229 yards. So in the last three games, Matthew Stafford has 10 touchdowns, one interception, and he has more games in his last three with three or more touchdowns than Mahomes has all season. In in the last three weeks, Matthew Stafford has more three touchdowns. Triple, as a matter of fact, because Mahomes only has one. So yep. love me some Matthew Stafford this week. I think a big thing, part of it is Cooper Cup is now healthy. You know, he was kind of getting over that injury he had early in the year, and then he kept getting banged up in game and and whatnot. But uh, he's healthy. Nakua is healthy. Kyron Williams is healthy. And uh, that, that Ram offense is humming. Yeah, no, love this call. And I was thinking the other day, um, do you, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Just no. a side note. No, no, you don't think so. He's a I he's think... a very uh, a very good quarterback, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's close. I, this year, I feel like he, I'm leaning towards yes. Uh, just he's still playing at a high level. Um, has the one Super Bowl, uh, but yeah, just I've been so impressed with him all year. And this is you're exactly right. This is the kind of defense he's just going to pick apart. Um, so I think he's just a fantastic play this week. I mean, you gotta you gotta let Flacco in before Stafford, no? <laughs> oh, <laughs> nah, I don't know. I'm just at this I mean, point. That's yeah. always a debate, right? It's like yeah. Stafford's probably better than uh, Flacco and Eli Manning and those guys. He does have his rings. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. definitely possible. It's, cl- but it's, it's Eli a has the clutch thing, so I think Eli probably gets in before both yeah. of them. Before both of them, because he just he has some clutch moments. Stafford, I mean, that Super Bowl, they, it was a come a comeback, right? It was, yeah, yeah. He, and he, yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah. he kind of has a signature moment, but um, uh, yeah, it's so I think that's a good question. I, I, I know, and I'm just saying the rest of the season could be the tipping point, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm leaning yes, but right, I think not, it's going to be a great not, discussion. Uh, 
Let's not prematurely let's a... talk Hall of Fame because Mike Evans, future <laughs> Hall of Famer Mike Evans, had his worst game of his career last week. Wow, yeah, that is true. So, uh, you know, it's that time of year, though. You know, when you get 14, 13, 14 games into the year, yeah. just, you know, ran, you know, probability is going to dictate that you're going to start to see these weird results. I mean, I pretty much every top 10 receiver almost had a pretty bad game. Yeah. Uh, except for a couple, so. Uh, just one of those weeks, but uh, who are you low on? Uh, so I'm QB. low on Jordan Love. Um, you know, he's my QB 13 right now. Right when it looked like, you know, he might be a top 10 quarterback the rest of the season. I mean, he came back down to earth uh, in a big way. Football. <laughs> yeah, there yeah we only, we're only one game behind the, uh, like, all the NFC playoff hopefuls. Is oh, God. That, baby? Is my... Is my Seven and a half under win total uh, in, in jeopardy now? Uh, I mean, I, I we're, we're about to play the Saints, so maybe because oh, you know shit. how the Saints do with, with letdowns. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, anyways, uh, you know, Love, we already mentioned it with the, the Wicks prop. He, yep. His accuracy issues from early in the season uh, came back here. I, I don't know if it had anything to do with the swirling wind at MetLife, but I know the announcers were commenting on that, but he did not look great. Um and this is, you know, this could be a great matchup. You know, the Buccaneers have been dealing with a ton of injuries, especially in the secondary, you know, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, but they might be getting everyone back this week. So we'll have to wait, to, you know, towards the end of the week to know uh, what, what's going on there. Uh, plus, Love's rank is going to depend on if he gets Christian Watson back, Dontavian Wicks, uh, and potentially mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. So his rank could go up or down quite a bit from now. But as of now, I have him QB 13 and, you know, just off. The QB one radar, uh, which is disappointing because I was ready to call him a you know top ten quarterback the rest of the way um, heading into last week. But you know after that Monday night football performance, we have to have a little bit you know some doubt here. So I, I'm being fairly cautious with him early in the week. But again, he might end up back in my top ten if Tampa Bay is still missing a ton of these players. Yeah, I think this part of the year in particular is. If you watch Red Zone and if you listen to this podcast, of course you watch Red Zone. Uh, <laughs> this is like the witching hour of the season. Like, it's just, you know, wins become losses, losses become wins. Dudes who are playing good become bad. Mike Evans catches one pass. You know, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just that time of year where weird things start happening. The Titans are beating the Dolphins. And, you know, speaking of which, Tua Tungavailoa is the quarterback I'm low on. And, you know, he is, he's a fringe streamer, you know, kind of fringe QB1 starter for me this week. Have him a QB11, so outside of the top 10, going up against this Jet defense that is top three in pass defense DVOA. I mean, we already know the Jets' defense is legit. It's been just a quarterback stopper all year. I think maybe Josh Allen had one good game on, on him where Shakir broke a big play. But outside of that, it's been tough sledding for quarterbacks up against the Jets and you know Tyreek Hill who knows exactly how hurt he is you know he uh got injured came out of the game came back in in crunch time but that could have been all adrenaline we know how much adrenaline Tyreek Hill plays with uh, (laughs) on a down-to-down basis and I mean this Miami team is just kind of you know they they're not really like they're great but they're not established yet and I think they're just kind of getting used to you know playing meaningful football this time of year again with Tua as their leader. Cause remember last year he was, he was down. So they were starting, like they went to the playoffs, but I think it was like Skyra Thompson and, and Bridgewater. So, you know, Tua is just looking a little shaky in the pocket these days, especially when, if Hill's not a hundred percent, you know, and he's, I feel like Tua doesn't know if he should be scrambling more when he does scramble. He doesn't seem to scramble effectively. He always seems to run into somebody's back. So I'm just not really feeling the way two is playing right now. Don't love the matchup. I think Miami at this point, you got two great running backs. Uh, you're probably going to lean on them uh, to get you through this divisional game. You're a, you're a home favorite, and two only has multiple touchdown passes in seven of his 13 games. So he's not. He hasn't even been like a bona fide week in week out. Uh, you know, high end QB one. It's just kind of been these these upside games. So you know, he's this is. Jet going against the Jets. This is one of those times where, uh, if you were ever going to sit Tua, and I know it's uncomfortable, but if you're ever going to think about sitting him, 
uh, this this may be the week because I know some people, you know, like to keep two quarterbacks on their roster, even if you shouldn't. Uh, so some people might have a, a stacked enough roster to be able to do it. So uh, Tua for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He's my QB 11. And it was clear when Tyreek was out of the game, like this this offense, the passing attack specifically just wasn't as good. So that we'll have to monitor that. But yeah, as of now, you know, I'd play someone like Matthew Stafford over Tua. Oh, easily, um, yeah, yeah. Matthew Stafford's a, a slam dunk because if it's yeah. it's like that, and you know that Ram offense when they get going, they're super consistent and super predictable. Yeah, like, you you know what they're gonna do every week. They're gonna give Kyron Williams twenty carries, Cooper Cup like eight to ten targets, Puka Nakua six to eight targets. Like it's just that's that's what Sean McVay does. Yep. All right, running back. Oh wait, no props. Sorry, prop. Uh, <laughs> How did we do uh, last week? By the way, yeah. Uh, so we. We hit all like the books lost every prop. We all hit them except <laughs> I. I only got one in because I didn't get uh, you know the Taysom. I mean, technically, oh, I, damn it. Te- technically he did go under sixty nine oh, you know, combined crap. yards, but I, we're not going to count play that. for action. Yeah, yes. obviously. Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, it's you. You're the book. What do you got for me? Let's go with Joe Flacco passing yards Whoa. against the Bears. Oh boy! Yeah, good luck with this one. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. Um, I have like a ten yard range. Uh, I'm gonna okay figure out right here i always um, have a 10 yard range for passing yards at, on Tuesday. yeah right. it really doesn't matter <laughs> does it um so i'll go with 244 and a half and see what you think about that okay that sounds like i'm, I'm looking at my projection that sounds pretty like a good line no it doesn't seem to be any even though it is cleveland late in the year doesn't seem to be any weather oh damn yeah i have them projected exactly at 244 oh really oh my uh, god <laughs> so that is, I mean, that's the av- that's my average projection. Median is about what three, four yards usually for for something like well, this. For passing yards, uh, usually the average is the median, yeah, and it not, doesn't even matter. It's usually a little lower though. Like I think it's <laughs> yeah. like ninety nine point three percent of it, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. I, I've, run, I've run the numbers, so I'm going to go under because I think they're you know the Cleveland played. The Rams, who are humming on offense, and then they play the Jaguars, yeah. who, you know, feisty with, with Lawrence. Uh, the Bears, I think it could be a little bit of a different game script. I think you get, you know, a lot of runs and and fields. Uh, you know, fields could turn the ball over and they could lose a possession yeah. or two. So uh, that's a great line because it's exactly what I have it, and it's Tuesday. But I, I will – I'll lean under. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's always a great way to think about it, that- Passing our props aren't necessarily just about the quarterback and throwing the ball. It's what is the other team doing? Are they forcing more passes or, you know, runs? So, yeah, I think that I'm down on the Bears offense this week. So maybe that could lead to Flacco just throwing a bit less here. Yeah, I think I got an idea for like for some offseason content we could do. Like we should just do pods where we actually just like instead of like play, player projections because there's no, you know, players mm-hmm. to project, just kind of talk about that. like passing yard projections and like what makes them what makes you raise or lower it from their baseline because like we've talked about this every week on like tuesday wednesday when props first get released like i'm we'll be off like 20 30 yards on some of these passing props (laughs) and then by the end of the week it's like they'll converge to the numbers we had in the first place meanwhile we're like did we miss something did i miss something yeah um so yeah we talk about that in the discord like during the game uh i usually say uh, you know, even if we have like the uh under on a passing yard prop, I'm like, if he throws for a 10 yard touchdown on this play, that is amazing for under. Like, there's times where you actually want to root for a quarterback to throw for a touchdown. Uh, and a lot of people are like, wow, I didn't even think of it that way. But uh, yeah, when it comes to projections, you kind of have to be thinking about the game script and things like that. So, a lot goes into it. Would love to dive in it to you. Um, when we have you know a lot more free time. <laughs> All right, let's go to running back. Who you got in the top five? Uh, so I got, well, Kirsch McCaffrey, obviously. Then Kyron Williams, number two. Zach Moss, B. John Robinson. Um, and then it's a tie. I'm going to give the tie to Rashad White for number five. Let me guess the other tie. Uh, Alvin Kamara okay. or Saquon? Close. Uh, they're both right there. It was neither one of those guys, though. Oh, who is it? Uh, Joe Mixon. Ooh, okay, okay. Um. I got, yeah, McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Zach Moss, Kamara four, and Rashad White five. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have Kamara just below. Um, I feel like Taysom's return might ding him a little bit. 
but otherwise, it sounds like we're right there for the top six or seven. Who are you high on? Uh, so right now, I'm high on Ty Chandler. Uh, he's my RB21 um, because Alexander Madison is dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, the extent is unknown, but I, I think there's a decent chance he does miss this week. Um, so I think we'll, we'll finally get that Ty Chandler spot start here. Uh, I think it was a few weeks ago we thought Madison was going to uh, be out and he ended up playing. So, you know, he's a gamer. He might fight through it. But uh, if Ty Chandler does get the start, I think he's going to get as much work as he can handle, um, which might not be 20-plus touches, but maybe for one game they do extend him a bit. You know, he's a bit of a smaller back. I don't know if he can handle a full workload. So we could see uh, Kine Nwangu, uh mix in as the change of pace back. But I do like this matchup for Chandler because, you know, the Bengals have struggled against the run all season. Um, and, you know, if Nick Mullins is quarterback, I think it's more likely he's going to be checking down to his uh, running back than Josh Dobbs would. So I, I do like Chandler's upside as a pass catcher as well. Uh, so I, I think if Madison does end up getting ruled out, there's a chance Chandler might crack my like top 15. So either way, if you're in a league where he's available, uh, you have to add him and there's a chance he could be a top 20 back this week. Yeah. It's like a throwback to the times when Dalvin cook was out and, uh, and yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd rank Madison as like a, a top 10 back. And of course, and Dalvin yeah. cook got the nominal start last week, by the way. So that's everything comes full circle. <laughs> uh, Seriously. <laughs> speaking of coming full circle, Zeke Elliott is back as a starting running back in this league. <laughs> Loved him last week. Love him again. This week's uh, reportedly Ramondre Stevenson dealing with a multi-week injury there. Mm-hmm. They're saying like, he's not out for the year yet, um, but, or at least they haven't announced him as such, but uh, sounds like he's missing another week. And I talked about this last week. Zeke played 94% of the non-Ramondre snaps in the game. He went down last week. 100% of the backfield snaps. The only time Zeke came off the field was when they went empty and did not use a running back. 29 touches, 141 scrimmage yards, and a touchdown for Zeke last week. Uh, in the last two weeks combined, 50 touches, including 11 catches. So PBR still doing things. Uh, 50 touches, 232 scrimmage yards, and a touchdown. And Kansas City... Uh, is something of a run funnel here as long you know for as long as you could keep it close which has been easier to do with all the receivers just vomiting on themselves <laughs> so Kansas City is number five in pass defense DVOA and 30th against the run and some of that is by design obviously when you have Mahomes and uh, you are comfortable letting teams run run on you so they they might stack the box a little more against Z but we've seen his Patriot offense especially with, with Bailey's happy really with everybody this year is they have to run the offense through the running back, whether it's in the receiving game, mm-hmm. whether it's handing the ball off, whatever they're doing, it has to go through the running back. And with Stevenson out, Zeke is the Patriot offense. So yep. uh, Zeke is my RB seven, uh, wow. RB 22 <laughs> in consensus. I was like probably 10, 10, seven to 10 spots higher on him last week too. than they consensus. I just think, I know it's ugly because you know, kind of when you think of Zeke, you're like, oh, he's washed. All he can do is short yardage. But we know running backs, like the talent, when you when you have that much volume, when you're getting, you're playing every snap, it doesn't matter how fast you can run or how, you know, quick you are <laughs> moving yeah. left and right. You're going to get, you know, two to four yards on, on most touches, you know, yeah. on average. So that's all we need here from, from Zeke. So uh, we'll have Zeke this week against Casey. Yeah, he's in my top 10 as well. Last week, I was calling him Dollar Store Zach Moss. He might just be <laughs> Zach Moss. Yeah, he beat out and Zach Moss in terms of fantasy production. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. But a lot of the running back moves they've made the past week, it's just so clear that he's the only back they're going to give touches to because they they made Michael Hasty inactive healthy scratch. Yep. Yeah, and then they didn't even let uh, Kevin Harris or Ty Montgomery uh, get any carries, and they cut Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. So... Yep. And Wait. they have no receivers, so Montgomery must have yeah. really been bad. They cut, yeah, him, no. they cut him from two positions of need. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, you just you have to project Zeke for just massive volume. Yep. Like you said, the efficiency at that point really doesn't matter. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's in my top ten as well. Who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Austin Eckler. Um, and, you know, as I like to do on Tuesday, I just let my raw projections ride. And as of now, he's my RB20 which is weird to say, but, um, you know, he's he's really struggled as a runner this season. 
I think maybe he's been just playing through an injury, uh, maybe playing it down. But now, now that you know Justin Herbert's out for the season, this is you know lost season for the Chargers. Um, you know, I, I don't see them really just giving Eckler a ton of work. Plus, the offense just won't provide him with as many goal line opportunities with Easton stick on her center. That's really been, you know, what's been fueling Eckler's fancy value um, this year. And stick might be less willing to check down than Herbert uh, stick. If given opportunity, he does have some pretty good rushing upside. He might scramble at an even higher rate than Herbert did. Um, you know, before last week's game, the chargers or the beat reporter was saying, I guess that they were looking to maybe split work between um, Eckler and Kelly, and it was actually Isaiah Speller who saw quite a bit of work. So maybe they're just trying to evaluate 2024 and beyond, and they might limit Eckler's work here. And he doesn't have as much touch on upside. So just all these factors had him fall all the way down to RB20 for me. You know, it sounds insane. I might fudge him up a little bit, but uh, just the raw projections to begin the week are not good for Austin Eckler. Yeah, I was, you know, I heard those reports and, uh, you know, the reports were like Spiller was going to be active. It seems more like Kelly, you know, they, they like Spiller overtook Kelly, um, but they said they were going to ride the hot hand and obviously Eckler is still the most likely player (laughs) of those guys to get the hot hand. So I, it's, it's, I actually thought he, I I actually thought he looked as good as he's looked all year until since week one, at least um, last week. But uh, yeah, I do have him RB 15. So like you can't project them for quite as much work and, and snaps right. as as you could most of the year, but um, you know, short week, uncertainty at quarterback, you know, it's 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 ugly. I mean, they there there is a chance they just ride him and give him like the most right. touches he's had, <laughs> but you know, like you said, the without Herbert, the touchdown equity goes way down. The Chargers are implied for fifteen and a half points at Love Vegas because the total is 34 and they're three-point underdogs. So, I mean, with Herbert, I don't think they've ever dropped below maybe, what, 19 and a half, 18 and a half at right. lowest. So this is, yeah, the, the touchdown equity, which Eckler tends to live on these days because he's not as efficient, uh, is is way down. So, yeah, I think he's he's definitely an RB2 at this yes. point, with obviously with RB1 upside, but, um, yeah, not the same as, you know, we thought he was right there with McCaffrey coming into the yes. year. Nope. <laughs> Not, yeah, if you drafted uh, him number two overall, you're mm. not stoked about having him as an RB2 going into the fancy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you might have drafted Justin Jefferson, and I mean, at least Eckler's on the field uh, now. True, both true. In those games, but I am low on Gus Edwards at Jacksonville. He's my RB41. He's RB33 in consensus. So consensus is <laughs> starting to come down on him, but this guy is just – very, very touchdown dependent at this point. So in the right league or in the right, right situation, maybe you still, you know, go ahead and, and, and roll them out. But if you're looking for a high floor, uh, Gus Edwards is no longer it because he's no longer the Ravens every week RB1. I mean, he might be some weeks. There might be some weeks he gets the most touches, but it really seems like they're making a concerted effort to get Ke- Keaton Mitchell involved. And Justice Hill is still playing on a ton of the passing down. So they're using a, a full-blown three-way committee. And in the first eight games, Gus Edwards averaged 13, just over 13 carries, 48% of the snaps. The last five games, he's down to 8.4 carries per game, and he's playing just one-third of the snaps on average. So in the first three games uh, of this downturn, of this five-game downturn, he had 28 carries combined in those first three games of, the, of this downturn but he had five touchdowns on those 28 carries. <laughs> that is so ridiculously improbable. Like just to give yeah. you an idea, the average NFL runner is going to get a touchdown about once every 30 to 33 carries uh, on average. Five touchdowns in, on 28 carries across three games, no less. So like it kept going. Uh, but anytime he doesn't score a touchdown, he's just unlikely to give you a massive yardage total because – Again, he's not getting the touches. He's not getting the work in the passing game where it's easier to get out in space, you know, slip a tackle, and you could get a 40, 50-yard gain. It's it's just the environment for, for Edwards right now is it's just completely touchdown dependent. So yep. uh, be careful with him this week. All right, uh, let's see. 
prop, I'm going to go with... Will Aaron Jones play? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, Will he play minus a snap? 250. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go back to let's go back to this since it's a Saturday game yet again. Uh, so people are going to have to make a, a decision on the uh the pittsburgh backfield let's go jalen warren total rushing and receiving yards and let's go with let's go 60 and a half Ooh, uh i had a very nice 69 and a half ready to go i'm gonna (laughs) go over i'm gonna go over uh because since we're combining it Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually just take the average because we can get an explosive play from either a run or a catch, um, which kind of helps negate the median effect a little bit. So I like his upside here. I think this game could be a sneaky shootout um, where he could get, you know, pretty involved in the pass game. You know, Colts play heavy zone. So, yeah, give me the over. It's nice to finally be on a Warren over. I feel like uh, you, you had me take like a nausea over. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice to be back on team warren here i, I think, mean yeah and we're oh we're we gonna say i'm gonna say yeah i mean if only the pittsburgh uh coaching staff is on team warren because it's been touch and go yeah, no like, shit we thought it was gonna be like warren smash once they fired yeah Canada, but it's actually gone the opposite direction where do you have these guys ranked i have them both right there at like rb24 rb25 yep that sounds let me check i think i'm a couple of spots lower but yeah back to back uh right around see. there <clears throat> I have Harris 29, Warren 31. So I'm a little lower on the, oh, I guess, okay. the running game as a whole. Um, Indianapolis has been better. You know, so they, remember they lost Grover Stewart for, well, he's yep. just suspended for six games. Their splits with him on and off have been completely different. Um, he, it's it's yeah. just been much better with him on on the field. So uh, just factoring that in a little. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that people are going to have to think about and, and decide on. Uh, because again, this is a Saturday, not Sunday yeah. kickoff. Saturday, one thirty p.m. Eastern. Steelers at the Colts. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by Bet MGM. Use bonus code Action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be twenty-one or older. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Wide receiver, top five. Who you got? Uh, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb. Oh, okay. So Tyreek Hill, assuming he plays. CeeDee Lamb, uh, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Ooh, that's a, that's a, some new faces in there. I like it. I got uh, I got Lamb number one just because I am factoring in a little bit yeah. of uncertainty with Tyreek. So Tyreek <laughs> number two for now. And it's Jets defense. Um, AJ Brown, three. Debo Samuel, four. And then Amon Ra. Uh, number five so love Pittman uh, but just I, like he he doesn't get as many touchdowns as I'd like I love the you know eight nine catches it's always like eight nine for like 85 uh, <laughs> exactly. I needed to get in the end zone more uh, yeah I think that, what was it like his rookie year he also struggled to score touchdowns I think so it's been yeah it's been touching but I mean I, I can't I, I did not see these eight catch, you know, week in, week out, Keenan Allen catching Keenan catch Allen. numbers. Yeah, He's yeah. Week in, week Keenan out. Allen. Uh, um, so, although he might have to face Joey Porter Jr. quite a true. bit here. So I might dock Tuesday morning, you know, it's high, high level stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But once I dig into it, he'll probably get a bit of a hit uh, based on the matchup. Uh, but either way, I love having in my top five. Like you said, it's just the consistency with them always putting up, you know, massive reception numbers, even if there's no touchdowns there. Um, just a really, you know, solid pick. If you took him, what was he, like a low-end wide receiver two this year? He might, yeah, I mean, he might have even dropped yeah. into the 30s and some. Because, yeah, because Richardson yeah. wasn't expected, you know, to get hurt so early. But, yeah, yeah. so just Minshew taking over, that's when I said that's, that's going to be good news for both Pittman and Downs. Just, you know, more volume. Absolutely. Who are you high on a wide receiver this week? Uh, I'm really high on Amari Cooper uh, against the Bears. He's my wide receiver 18. And, you know, Joe Flacco has injected some life in this Browns passing offense. It's rare you see a team 
turn to its fourth starting quarterback of the season, and it makes the passing offense better. Uh, I mean, it's a really rare thing, but we have to be factoring that in because uh, that's what's happening right now. It's it's also a you know, pass funnel matchup here against the Bears, although the run defense is kind of leaky against the Lions. Uh, I, I do think they'll get it back together here, but uh, I could see Flacco throwing it around again here. And Cooper has seen a target on 31% of his routes with Joe Flacco under center. I mean, that is just an elite level. So we have yet to see like a true big game from Cooper with Flacco yet, but with that kind of underlying usage, uh, it's definitely coming. And Jerome Ford, uh, looks like he's dealing with a wrist injury. He might not play, so it could be just Kareem Hunt uh, back there. So it could just lead to a couple more passes. Um, so again, like I, I just think all the underlying things are there for Cooper um, to have a big game here with Joe Flacco, you know, really injecting some life into this offense. Yeah, I'm high on Cooper as well. Um, I, I think, you know, as long as he's healthy, he's going to command targets. He had 14 targets last week in a game that the Browns were leading pretty much yeah. <laughs> wire to wire. So, I mean, uh, Jalen Johnson has played really well on the perimeter for Chicago, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, Cooper's going to get peppered with targets most likely regardless of the game script and with Flacco, a lot of them are going to be downfield as they Cooper's been going downfield a lot more this year than he has been in years past. His yards per catch is, is up there. So yeah, I have him wide receiver 21. I have him about five catches for 70. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, I, I think people are a little bit uh, too low on him as well. Uh, I'm high on a guy you were high on last week. I love him this week. He didn't go, didn't do a whole lot last week. Um, you know, the quarterback situation, but Jackson Smith and Jigba going up against the Eagles. You just got to target receivers, pass catchers, quarterbacks going up against Philly at this point. They're healthy and they're still bad. And <laughs> uh, JSN has had 48 plus receiving yards and or a touchdown in six of his last nine games. Remember, first couple of games he came into the year, he played through, I think it was a wrist injury that he had picked up uh, in the preseason. Mm. So it took him a yeah. little, a couple of games to kind of get acclimated, but he's been pre- reasonably productive, averaging 4.1 receptions, 48 yards over his last nine games, a couple of touchdowns, another touchdown that should have counted, but didn't in that Dallas Thursday night game. Tied for second on the Seahawks with four targets inside the 10-yard line. Uh, and he's third on the team in red zone targets. And he plays in the slot 70% of the time. The Eagles are allowing the most fantasy points uh, per game to slot-wide receivers. They really haven't found an answer since Maddox went down. Bradley Roby has been playing a lot in the slot. He's got a, a PFF grade of 58.9, which is 86 of 119 qualified cornerbacks. And it seems like everyone they try in the slot, no matter what they do, they don't really have an answer. That's why CeeDee Lamb was able to get his last week. I mean, at this point, Philadelphia just really misses Jonathan Gannon, and, and they really miss you know everybody you know on the outside being a year younger uh, in, in that secondary because it's just it's just been tough. So I, I think you know the Seahawks kind of ebbs and flows here. We finally got a big locket game. Metcalf scored a, a, another long touchdown, but that was only one of his two catches. And JSN was quiet. So I think this week, I think we get some some JSN and, and some more Metcalf and Lockett takes a back seat. So uh like JSN uh this week. I have him in the high forties in the consensus is forty nine. So I have him at forty three right now. But he might end up oh. inside my top forty because again, I, I just want to target this Eagle defense yeah. uh, you know, any way I can at this point in the passing game. So uh, love JSN. Yeah. Love me some JSN. He's my wide receiver 37. Oh, I, I am actively, I am actively trying to be too high on him <laughs> right now. Uh, and if you're a dynasty, now's the time. Just go try to get him because again, he's still playing behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but over the next couple seasons, seasons, uh, he's going to become the man in this offense or one of them. So uh, yeah. Love his upside going forward. Yeah, and he's he's one of those guys, even though he plays the slot, he's capable of going downfield, almost like a remember Victor Cruz back in the day where you know he would he's a yeah, he was a yeah. slot receiver, but he could just 
go deep from the slot. They're starting to do that a little more with JSN now, where his average of the target is, is starting to creep up and he's, he's having some more explosives. So, yeah. Um, and, and getting a lot of screens too, which are easy catches. You know, I think he's like 17 screens already this year. So those are just, you know, I think he's 17 of 17 on screens. So yeah, it's just, uh, that's why he has that floor. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Jacoby Myers uh, against the Chargers. Uh, I've liked him as like a potential wide receiver three play the, the past few weeks, but uh, he's my wide receiver 48 to open the week. Uh, cooled off a bit last game, still had five catches, but for only 25 yards. Uh, I just don't like him as much in this spot against the Chargers, um, who just lost Justin Herbert. You know, Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett are also banged up, so the Chargers could really struggle to put up points here, and we've seen the Raiders just be very run heavy whenever they can play with a lead or, you know, a close game. So um, Myers is a player who banks on volume. So if it's a run heavy game plan, it's just not going to be as many targets to go around. Um, so, you know, he's just off the wide receiver three flex radar for me now. Um, just don't like the spot for him. You know, if the Raiders ever get into a game script where, you know, they're touchdown underdogs or more, uh, that's when he'll be back in play for me. But uh, for this matchup specifically, uh, I'm pretty down on him. I just think he's a DFS play at this point. Like he's, I don't really know how to predict predict when Jacoby Myers will go off. I just know that <laughs> he's going to do it. Like that, he, like more, much more consistently than I think we thought coming into the year. But yeah, like I haven't found anything week to week that like okay, this is the Jacoby Myers league. It's just every once in a while or every other you know two three weeks he just put up a big game. Like oh yeah, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, still pretty that's good. A good- is that a preview for our showdown slate coming up? Um, <laughs> pretty much. But, yeah, but he he's a that's a good call. He is a good play there. Obviously, has a pretty high ceiling. But if you're in the first round of the playoffs and you're like, I just need like five plus points from this guy. Uh, I, I don't know if Myers can be that guy this week. Normally he is, but right now uh, I, I think his floor is pretty low as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Raiders just got shut out three to nothing. I mean, I haven't seen one of those oh, games God, since like, was... the, the 93 New York Jets, I think, played like two or three three nothing games. <laughs> uh, but haven't it was seen like that in a while. Yeah, I was looking like it'd be nothing, nothing. Yep. And then McMullins came point. in and saved the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah oh, God. Who knows? I mean, that's, but that's why the DFS play, because everyone's probably like, yeah, this this guy, yeah, he can't do anything right now. They just got shut out, and <laughs> boom, Jacoby Myers like eight catches, uh, sixty eight yards, right. like two touchdowns, or something crazy like that. So, um, but yeah, I agree. His floor is way low, and that's that's what we're trying to highlight here with these guys we're low on these days. Um, obviously, anyone could go off it's fantasy. They're, I mean, if they're starting, they're gonna, um, you know, they they could get a touchdown, they could get an explosive. But uh, we're trying to avoid starting some of these guys with uh, lower floors if we can help it. Uh, for me, DJ Moore is a guy I'm low on, and you probably have to start him uh, at this point, but mm-hmm. he's down to my wide receiver 24 uh, against Cleveland, and Cleveland's had some pretty interesting home road splits on defense. They're allowing just 12.6 points per game at home, and uh, you know I know the fields to, to Moore connection has been great, but so they played the Lions, what, two out of the last three weeks? That Lions defense is, True. <laughs> is not very good. So I, I just I, I worry a little bit about um, both of those guys in this matchup, uh, especially DJ Moore, because we know Justin Fields, if things aren't uh, kind of go left, he could just pull the ball down and, and scramble. And uh, DJ Moore, they will probably hand the ball to him if he if they're not getting him the ball through the air, but you can't count on a rushing touchdown every week either. So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, still a, still a wide receiver too, but uh, he's been like a bona fide wide receiver one these last few weeks. He's had stretches like this in the past with Carolina as well, where, you know, you, you just week in, week out wide receiver one top 12 guy this week, uh, more as a low end wide receiver two in uh, just a, a tough matchup for, Justin Fields on the road. Yeah, he's my wide receiver 11. Ooh, um, okay. But yeah, I have like a if and or there statement uh, in my spreadsheet. So if Justin Fields is starting, just give him seven catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And if it's uh, Bajent, four catches for 50 yards. So maybe uh, that's why I have him so high. But uh, in all seriousness, I think that that rushing um, upside is there. It's kind of bizarre. They only had 
he had one rush attempt all season, but they had some really creative plays for him. So uh, if it's not going through the air, maybe they do give him design runs. But, you know, either way, you're playing him if you have him, like you said. But And by the end of the week, we'll probably meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, I'm probably too high on him, uh, if I'm being honest. But, yeah, you're right. This is a tougher matchup. So we should at least temper our expectations a little bit for him. Yeah, Cleveland number one uh, pass even DVOA number one uh, against wide receiver ones as well. Uh, who do you got for the prop? Uh, so I was gonna, I was deciding between these two future Hall of Famers, uh, and then I realized, you know what? I have the same exact projection for both of these guys. So let's just go. Which one will have more yards? Keenan Allen with Easton Stick under center. This is all assuming Keenan Allen plays. I hope I'm not jinxing him here. <laughs> here we go. Versus Mike Evans against the Packers. I, I have them both at the same exact projection. Uh, and you mentioned it. Evans is coming down, coming off one of his worst games ever. It might be Chris Godwin's wife's fault. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, she was harping on them, but not giving her hubby some targets. And he had a squeaky old game. So we, we know, you know, Mike Evans' big game is coming. Usually happens after a bad game, but. Just curious where you're projecting both these guys and who do you have more uh, yards? I'll, I'll give um, I'll give Evans the lean at minus a half a yard here. I mean, Evans almost had a crazy touchdown, so it, it could have been a much different stat line for Evans if he gets that. He had like, his hand hit before his second foot mm. uh, it, it late in the game. So um, let's see here. And Keenan dropped like a gimme twenty plus yard catch as well. Yeah, Keenan's get he yeah Keenan started. I think his like stat line at one point was just super ugly though. Like he had like yeah. like five times. I don't think like, he had a catch for like the first. Yeah, yeah like he was uh, having a rough game. Ended up just fine, six catches for sixty eight yards. But again, he dropped one that probably would have gone twenty plus. Uh, it was bad throw by Herbert, but Keenan probably should have caught it. Uh, but either way, both guys are coming off down games, uh, and there's reason to be you know, down on Keenan this week. Just curious where you're projecting him with stick under center too. Ooh. Um, okay. So I have them both around the same too, but I'm going to say Keenan has a lower floor, even though we saw Evans at the lower floor. <laughs> I think, I think this, I think the you know Bucks Packers, because the Bucks defense has been so shaky um, and both of those teams are competent on offense. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Evans as the as the guy who finishes with more yards because, well, Keenan, like he doesn't really have a Godwin to deal with. I mean, you know, maybe Palmer will be back, but uh, the stick uncertainty. I think, like, I, I want certainty with my projections, and you know, with Baker Mayfield, I have 13 games of Evans to Baker, and like what one or two of them have been bad. Whereas I really don't have anything to go off of for Keenan Allen's floor with Easton Stick starting, except for you know what the half of last week's game. So uh, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go Evans here, and you know I love to buy these guys coming off bad games, bounce back yep. spots. So yeah, give me give me Mike Evans minus half a yard. All right, let's finish it up with tight end. Who you got in the top five? Uh, Trey McBride, Travis Kelsey, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, I, we probably should have had that discussion here, but, uh, <laughs> I got Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Trey McBride, Sam Laporta, and Evan Ingram. I got, uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, McBride, Ingram. So, uh, yeah, I guess Laporta, yeah, Laporta's number six for me. Um, just had a little, he's kind of, he's still been consistent, but, uh, mm -hmm. doesn't always have the ceiling, although I, I do, I lean over for that Lions-Broncos game. So uh, Laporta may end up in my top five, but I don't know who to take out. I guess I guess Ingram or Hawkinson. I, I can't take Hawkinson out though. Uh, Mullins targeted him <laughs> yeah. like every play once again. Like he stored some order to that Viking offense. So yeah. Um, but uh, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Isaiah Likely. Um, he's my tight end ten. Uh, and I was saying last week, you know, a lot of people dropped him because the Ravens were on by, but. I mean, he's essentially playing the Mark Andrews role, and clearly he's not as good as Mark Andrews, but still, you know, he's in that same role. He ran over a 90% routes run rate last week, turned in a massive, you know, five-catch, 83-yard, one-touchdown line, thanks to just the Rams' defense being awful Blowing against tight coverages. ends. They blew, like, they, they, the same coverage twice. Yeah, they left them <laughs> open a lot. Um, but the Jags' defense has been shaky lately, too. Yep. Um, yep. You know, they allowed... 
the conglomerate of Bengals tight ends to have a good game. Uh, and David Njoku, my boy last week, six catches, 91 ooh, yards, and ooh. two touchdowns. Um, and, you know, likely uh, he's not as good as Mark Andrews, but he was the best backup tight end in all of football. So he's still a very good tight end. We have to treat him like a top 10, you know, tight end. And I think the Jaguars defense isn't one we should be fearing right now. So uh, I'm just really high on likely again this week. How dare you when Trey McBride is out here balling? Trey McBride was unbeknownst to, to us because like he's, his career started pretty slow. Like, he wasn't very impressive. And then all oh, of a sudden, like, he, he just, you know, so. Uh, but I, no, last, year, and- last year, like he was absolutely yes. the, the best backup. This year, I'd say he, like Trey McBride was probably the best backup. It just kind of flew under oh, the radar yeah. until well, he got on the field and then. Oh, absolutely. I, I wasn't considering him a backup right now, but you're <laughs> absolutely right. Early, you know, earlier in the season when Zach Ertz was a starter. Uh, yeah, at that time, Trey McBride was clearly the best backup. Uh, I'm high on Dallas Goddard this week. Uh, so hmm. you know, going up against Seattle, you know, Philadelphia's a little bit out of sorts. And I feel like when, when teams are out of sorts, they like to get back to things that, that have worked for them in the past. And I feel... Like with, with the Eagles, Jalen Hurts just looking a little, looks a little bit off. He's holding the ball longer than he did at any point last year. I don't think he's seeing things as well. So I think I think they're going to want to get Goddard going here, and I think it it makes some sense against this matchup because you do have cornerbacks who can kind of create wreak some havoc, and uh, you know Woolen and, and and Witherspoon, of course. So yes you're gonna obviously target aj brown and Devontae smith a ton but i think part of the issue with the eagles is that they haven't been spreading the ball around as much and goddard is one of the best number three targets in the game he came back and ran a route on 90 percent of jalen hurts since dropbacks the seahawks are 22nd in dvoa uh, against tight ends and seattle has allowed the second most catches and fifth most receiving yards to the tight end position over the last five weeks. So uh, like Dallas Goddard to put up one of those signature uh, big, big games, you know, get, get him back into that top five, top five. Remember you used to have yep. him like right around Kittle and, and those guys, <laughs> Yeah, you know, not, not too long ago, but he got usurped by, you know, the McBride, yeah. Laporte, Laportas and, and, and Engrams. But uh, I'm looking for a signature week from Goddard. So hiring him this week. Yeah, that that's a good call. The the former best backup tight end in all of football. Oh, oh yeah, uh, everyone who backs up Zach Ertz. Well, that's what I said. And, and he might Trevor, go to the Ravens. <laughs> I, oh, no, no, he can't. Um, but yeah, that my comp for Trevor McBride last year entering the draft was Dallas Goddard, and it was ironic that he had to back up Zach Ertz. And lo and behold, once Zach Ertz got out of the way, this guy just blows up. So yeah, I'm hoping Ertz doesn't go to the Ravens and block the imminent Isaiah likely breakout we're seeing right now. Or maybe he'll just uh, catalyze a, a Charlie Kolar breakout next year. Oh, <laughs> just um, go to the, go to the Rams. Just go to the Rams. Uh, no, get out of our way. Real good last week though. No, oh, he lie. did. Yeah. Yeah. He looked better than Higby. <laughs> right. um, um, well, Higby, I mean, Higby's getting up there in age now too, but um, who are, who are you low on? <laughs> well, if, if you noticed, um, I didn't have yep. DJ Hawkinson in my top five. He's actually my tight end nine. Probably a little bit too low, but I'm rolling with it. If you have him, you're starting him. I'm not saying sit him. But uh, the Vikings offense just looks broken right now. Uh, they're dealing with injuries along the offensive line, bad quarterback play, you know, which ultimately led them to turn to Nick Mullins. Um, and like you said, he was targeting Hawkinson at a high rate. So, again, Hawkinson might still be a top five tight end this week. Um, but, you know, we might get Jefferson to return again this week and maybe – get through a full game. And I think if, and when that happens, uh, that's really going to hurt Hawkinson's target share. Cause again, they still have, you know, Jordan Addison, uh, KJ Osborne at times they, they command their own targets. So um, I'm going to move Hawkinson way up if Jefferson is ruled out, but if Jefferson returns and he's hundred percent, I just don't see enough volume to really support all these guys. So it's just a slight hit to Hawkinson, but a lot of these tight ends in the top 10 are really good right now. So that's why he kind of slipped a bit for me. Um, so he's my tight end nine, but again, I would, I would still kind of treat him like a top five tight end when it comes to lineup decisions. But I think if Jefferson returns, we just need to temper our expectations just a tad here. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not just like in that number two spot like he was pretty much right. all the year, like <laughs> automatic. But yeah, he's still he's still pretty close. Every time I you know I think about fading him, it's just I, I watch him and it's just like somehow he finds a way. But yeah, he's freaking you know, good. There's only I mean, so many passing yards if Jefferson it, it, you know is in there. Um, only so many passing yards to go around, but. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's good to talk about him because he's in, there's another one of those, uh, Saturday, uh, games, but uh, I mm. doubt anyone's going to have to no. sit him. I mean, if you, if maybe if you have, him. I could, I guess that, you know, if you have McBride, I guess it's kind of, it's, you know, Ooh. it's right oh, there. I would actually, I would, I would start McBride over Hawkinson if Justin Jefferson is active and seems like he'll get through a full game. Um, that's probably the only decision i would make with him but other than that i have like jake ferguson one slot lower than ecr not not too exciting to talk about but um yeah hawkinson being that low was surprising to me uh i'll probably bump him up a bit but either way a little bit lower on him than most weeks i mean yeah there's actually some with goddard back there is some there are some options yeah this week uh i'm low on hunter henry he's a consensus tight end 15 and like have we learned nothing i mean <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna trust a patriot uh pass catcher first of all the touchdown equity is almost non-existent so the fact that he got two scores last week uh you know you probably didn't start him maybe you played him in dfs or something i mean there was there wasn't much time to react when the patriots had well, they had three wide receivers active and so you figured okay hunter henry gonna get a you know a, a massive boost here because they weren't playing gasicki anymore so but now we're, we're going up against the chiefs and they're number six in DVOA against tight ends. They are top five and fewest schedule adjusted receiving yards per game allowed to the tight end position, uh, just under 41, according to FTN. So this is not a great matchup. And everyone and their mama saw Henry score two touchdowns on primetime, including Steve Spagnolo and the <laughs> Chiefs defense. So who are they going to? try to stop i mean the patriots you literally have no one to worry about on the patriots <laughs> and so you're just gonna have to scheme against the flavor of the of the week and the flavor of the week is hunter henry so he's my tight end 26 um part of that is just because this is a, one of the better pass defenses in the league uh part of it is we're still starting bailey zappy this offense runs through the running back so um yeah i know he had a big game so that's probably why I'm like okay we need somebody to Kind of, you know, on that fringe streamer discussion, but uh, there's a lot of tight ends I would play over Hunter Henry this week. 25 tight ends to be uh, exact. Yep, same here. He's my <clears> tight end, 25. Uh, and that Thursday night game was his birthday, so maybe oh. those two touchdowns were a gift Ooh, to okay. him. But yeah, don't, you're, if you're chasing touchdowns at tight end, especially a guy like that, you're going to get yourself killed. Just play somebody that we have ranked in the top 15 because uh, I don't think that was a s- sustainable performance from him. Speaking of su- sustainable performances for the prop, <laughs> let's go with a an interesting mm. rookie who seems to be doing just enough each week to, 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 to produce in fantasy, and that's Tucker Craft of mm. the Green Bay Packers. He had uh, he ended up with 64 yards against the Giants on Monday night. So, and he had a touchdown. I think it was his first start a couple weeks ago. So it's been solid for for Craft. Uh, he's going to continue to start here. So uh, receiving yardage, and, and you know, all kind of question marks about this wide receiver core for Green Bay. They're playing the Bucks. Let's go with receiving yardage. 32 and a half. Ooh, uh, over. I was thinking like 34 and a half. Um, just like you said, like with Christian Watson and maybe Wicks missing, uh, who knows if Aaron Jones will play again. Uh, I'm going to have to lean over here. But that's a good line. If everybody's back, that's probably exactly where I'll have it. So I'm just kind of banking on one or two of those guys being ruled out here. But yeah, he's been playing well. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, he loves blocking and stuff. So you never know. Like, it doesn't seem like he's purposely involved in the offense but he just seems to make a big play every week so it's kind of you know up and down like just kind of like you know yeah. how Laporte is kind of fizzled out a little bit you just never know when these guys are gonna like yeah. pop or fizzle out so yeah he's a, he's a tougher he's one of the toughest guys uh, yeah. to project this week um all right that's gonna do it for our week 15 NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by 
BetMGM for more fantasy content from Sean and I. Be sure to check our full fantasy preview episode that's out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. If you're into betting, me and Stucky drop our weekly betting preview episode every Thursday. Uh, and and uh, it's right here, the Action Network podcast, on the Action Network podcast channel, excuse me. And of course, be sure to check out the Favorites podcast and the Action Network Discord server as well. Link in the episode description for that, actionnetwork.com, for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content, fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. And you can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Rabon. Brett those same handles on the award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.